Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host, Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that you can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now let's get into episode 21 with Jackie Candle. Who at 12 years old had already been on a date. I mean, I was trying oh, crying wow. the group of kids that waited to talk to me. And I kept saying, is your mom here? And they didn't even want me to know where their mom was because they really right. thought I was going to go give their mom a spanking for allowing their precious girls to participate in things way before their time, way right. before their Sure enough, they're not secure enough in their own walk in the Lord. As president of Power to Grow Ministries, Jackie is sought after conference speaker for people of all ages and stages of life. Her teaching presentation is hard-hitting, humorous, and healing. Jackie is the best-selling author of Lady in the Waiting, now in 14 languages. She has also written Say Goodbye to Shame, The Mentoring Mom, A Man Worth Waiting For, and many more. Welcome, Jackie. It's so good to have you on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you. This is actually, I think, my first podcast. Is it? I've done. I mean, I've done a lot of radio. You know, I do my live Facebook balcony chat. So this is my pleasure. Thank you. How fun. We're going to have some fun because I know you're going to bring some humor into it, I think. And <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to because this issue is a hard hitting one and women have to be very bold and brave. It is exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, today we're going to talk about teaching children about purity. Jackie, this is a topic that we hardly address. Today's world seems to be so wild and carefree. And I personally feel it's so important for us to teach our children about purity even from a very young age. Now, why do you think it's important for us as moms and parents to teach our children about purity? Okay, well, here, here's the most important thing. And, and I just want you to know, I'm not trying to sell books or push any agenda, but I have been writing and teaching my whole life, you know, yelling from the rooftops that a, a, young, a young woman can be pure, even in a sex-saturated society where it's out of control. I mean, it's been out of control for a while and it's just getting crazier. Right. So, we have to, so we have to start earlier, but what I've learned along the way because I've done conferences with moms and their girls mm-hmm. and I see a huge gap between like a little girl will be telling me something and I'm like is your mother here and they get scared and I'm like I need to talk to your mother right now I mean these <laughs> kids are involved in stuff that moms are like clueless I right mean, shockingly so so here's what I think you can't export into your child's life what you have not paid the price to import into your own soul. Mm. And I think a mom, and I'm not saying this because I wrote Lady in Waiting, but to me, foundational truth to guide a precious girl into a place of not only purity, commitment, security, patience, all the qualities that are, you know, like talked about in the book Lady in Waiting. They're like, it's like a character check. Mm-hmm. So I feel that mamas do their best when they have wallpapered their hearts 
with the principles of lady-in-waiting so that their little ones, believe it or not, will make comments and mama will be responding, mom will respond with truth because the wallpaper's already been put up in her soul. See, the church years ago would address moral issues and and children would do, even little junior high or sixth graders were doing a little purity pledge, their little purity rings. They don't do it anymore at all. I mean, I used to teach on how to be sexual and holy. I would go to youth camps for all these little kids, six through 10, I mean, six through seniors, you know, all together, big mobs, teaching them the truth. No one's doing it anymore. So we have to, we have to tell them. So you can't tell what you don't know. So that's foundational. Um, And purity is not something like you say, oh, but we need to teach them about, you know, like other aspects of character training. I agree. You know, honesty, security. I agree with that. But the mm-hmm. problem about purity, purity impacts you long before marriage. Right. And it impacts you long after marriage. And if the purity and the self-control and the high values have not been established before marriage, believe it or not, The enemy can come and there's compromise in marriage that you would never have dreamed because we didn't learn before that our bodies are portable tabernacles where the Holy Mm. Spirit is temple. And we're walking around with portable tabernacles and they needed to be treated accordingly. Oh, I love that when you say portable tabernacle. The Spirit of God gave me that a year and a half ago. I'm in church. Someone was saying something and I almost felt myself jump. And that's what it gave me is that I'm training people who are portable tabernacles, how to quote, behave themselves reflective of who lives there. The Holy Spirit, Mm. your body is his temple. So your body, let's go back to the body purity because there's only one sin against the body it says in right. 1 Corinthians 6 18 9 20 you look at that passage immorality is the only sin against the body now we heard our bodies through mm-hmm. too much alcohol and drugs thing. I, I agree with that but it states in the word immorality so you think well how do we start this with our little ones and i, I just want to help you because i come from a very bad background mm-hmm I was not raised in a Christian home. I had, you know, bad life before Jesus and gloriously cleansed new creature in Christ. The hope that Jesus can give me a better dream out of all of that I've lived through. Well, what God has taught me is that regardless where you came from, because my closest friend was also from a non-Christian home and she made a choice as a 14 year old. When she heard me teaching on lady in waiting, she sat in that little audience and she just whispered to God, I want to stay pure. I want to stay pure. I want to be a Ruth. I want to be like Ruth mm-hmm. in the book of Ruth. And that girl stayed pure to 40 years old because God kept her single, used her profoundly. But at 14, from a non-Christian home, mm. hearing those principles, she wallpapered her heart and saved herself till she got married at 40. So, I mean, I, I know it's not just for people who come from these really nice homes and they have mom and dad that love each other and they love the Lord. That's all great. But there's a lot of people out there that we're not blessed to have like a godly husband like you have and like I have. And so purity starts with our kids. And I always say this from the minute a six month old child can lean against your chest, like lean, Mm -hmm. like 
and you hold a book and begin to read little Bible books to that child, you're shaping their heart to hear a call to purity because they're going to have to be mm. called. They're not on. Everybody thinks kids are pure. Uh, no, they are just cute sinners. And right. the thing is, I mean, they're adorable, but they're sinners. Right. So the more you reach your child, in a sense, you're getting their like the, their souls like soil. So when you read, someone says, when did you start reading your children? The minute they could lean, like mm-hmm. when they could lean up and I could hold a book in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I read twice a day, every nap time, never went down with that. I would do a biblical book mm-hmm. and then I fun little child's book that would make us giggle or something. You know, the biblical and the giggling, very important combination. Yes. <laughs> I, at one point I had tabulated that I had read thousands of books to my children. Yeah. I read, you know, you want to raise their IQ, read to them. You want right. to raise the IQ of their soul, read to them daily. Uh. Age appropriate. It's got to be age appropriate though. And there's, you guys nowadays have such fabulous Bibles and yeah. little ones. I had to make up my own stories because man, they were pitiful in my day, you know? And so I, except for the Bible for little eyes, that was the one that we, <laughs> in our little ones, we went through that so many times. But the good thing is I got the heart ready. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And um, mamas sometimes are so busy. They're so busy preparing the child to settle them down for their naps or their sleep at night that they forget, especially, I mean, as they begin to grow, their souls are so open before their little nap and nighttime. Mm-hmm. That time, best time right. to paper their souls with truth. So great. Amen. Well, I love when you said wallpaper their heart. And you mentioned about, you know, the principles of lady and waiting. Can you just share a few of those principles and how we can wallpaper that heart? Yes. And and I just want to mention, and I just to be aware for those who are listening, the original book, Lady in Waiting, you know, has been, you know, reprinted. I mean, since 1995, mm-hmm. more than a million copies. My other husband flew to Beijing to go to the interior to set up a mission trip. And the little translator that got on their bus, um, he sat with her to get to know her because she was going to translate for everybody. And he said, when I get home, your English is so good. I want to send you a book that my wife wrote. And she said, oh, please. And what is it? And when my husband said, lady in waiting, she gasped, lady of waiting. And she literally went, I just read that. Wow. My husband, he calls me. I'm at a conference in South Carolina. When he got back to Beijing, he calls me. I'm at a conference. When he told me about that, I'm crying so hard to think that a little girl in more interior in, outside of Beijing had already read Lady in Waiting, and it was shaping her soul. Oh, How fabulous is that? So, Mama, I think all mamas need to read Lady in Waiting. And and the important thing is, you know, to stay pure in a very impure world, Mm -hmm. it really, you know, we have to call our children out to be brave. You know, a book opens with reckless abandon, which has to do with if Jesus isn't number one, You'll just get swept along with the crowd. And I don't care whether you're in second grade doing something wrong or 12th grade doing something wrong or senior in college. You you get swept away if you are not strongly attached. I call it handcuffed to Jesus. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, handcuffed to Jesus. So the first chapter of my book, 
because they were going to say, oh, it's kind of heavy. You want to put it last? I go, hey, we need to settle it up front. Because if a girl is not handcuffed to Jesus, if she has not surrendered, and I start asking her to not waste her single years, not waste her mm-hmm. free time, and live a diligent devotion life of doing like good works, not to gain her salvation, just to manifest, the, like I said, that portable tabernacle, making a difference. So before I can move her into diligence, devotion, faith, oh, so important, her faith, growing faith, how do we get that? Time daily in the word. I can't move her there unless she's in a place of surrender. Mm-hmm. Well, the more I travel and I taught these principles of virtue and, you know, everybody struggles with being patient mm-hmm. well, that's because they're so used to life on their terms. Right. So this book is about life on God's terms, not on my terms. Mm-hmm. God's best is for me when I walk according to his terms. Mm-hmm. And we have a chapter on purity where you do, you know, you can do a little check on yourself and what is pure in a young man, what is pure in a young woman, how to stay out of the no zone, which is very important to learn about. I'm very bold about what I explain it. And all these things will actually not appeal to a child, young person, uh, pubescence, they call them, you know, the preteen time, unless they they are really growing in their love for Jesus. Mm. So I say to mamas, the best thing that Sharon, you can do is love Jesus with your whole heart and soul. I mean, love them with your whole heart and soul because you're modeling in front of your child, right? Loving Jesus. And so then they'll start to see, wow, she's pretty secure because women are very insecure. Women are always in competition. Women are always jealous. But when you become secure in your walk in the Lord and you bask in the reality of Psalm 139, how fearfully and wonderfully made, mm-hmm. so so fabulous. So then you, you know, the book also challenges you about being a content woman. I know a lot of discontent mothers And yet you want to call your child out to not be a whiner, not be a complainer, not always make it about her. Well, where do you think she learned it? Mm. They watch us. We model. We model our convictions or our, quote, lack of convictions. Um, So that, you know, I'm addressing all these things in the book. Very explicit. And then years later at these conferences, I kept meeting these sweet little girls who at 12 years old had already been on a date. I mean, I was starting crying the group of kids that waited to talk to me. And I kept saying, is your mom here? And they didn't even want me to know where their mom was because they really thought I was going to go give their mom a spanking for allowing their precious girls to participate in things way before their time, way before Sure enough, they're not secure enough in their own walk in the Lord. No one should be dating until they're secure enough in their walk in the Lord, because if they're not, they will look to do what will gain them the approval of the young man they have their eye on, and they will compromise even stuff they've been raised with. Mm-hmm. Because that love hunger. I'm like very concerned about parents who don't grasp that your child has an innate love hunger. And if daddy and mom don't have their, you know, you know, take time, quality time with the child. It's not just one voice, both both voices. Their little love tanks aren't filled. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm going to tell a story and I'm taking a chance when I'm saying this. Our little one, our daughter, 
we allowed her to go on a sixth grade trip. You know, she was in a wonderful Christian school, the best one in our town, actually. And they went on a sixth grade trip. And we missed her so much. So we go all drive to pick her up. My son's in the back seat. She called shotgun. She got in the front seat. I'm back with my son. And we're driving along. And we said, oh, Jesse, tell us the most interesting thing that happened when you went to Washington, D.C. She says, you are not going to believe this, Mom. And we're all like, oh, no. You know, we, we had great chaperones. We thought new shoes in good hands. She says, you're not going to believe what they did, mom. I go, uh, why don't you tell us, sweetheart? And she goes, they had a night where the boys were supposed to ask a girl that she can ask her to sit with them at this dinner with the senators, like mama, like a date. And I mean, I almost fell straight out of the car. My husband was slammed on the brakes. My son's like, what? You know, my son's in the backseat, two and a half years older than her, very protective. He leans forward. He goes, what are you, wait a minute, what are you talking about? So what did you do? We want to know what she did. She what said, did she oh, do? you know what the first thing she said? Well, every boy that asked me, I just knew to be kind. I said, no, thank you. She just, and I, that was in her own soul. <laughs> well, why? Because I, she said, and then she said this, I just don't understand why all those little girls thought it was so important that a boy asked them to sit with them. And our son said the classic line of the century. <laughs> Comes forward and he put his hand on her shoulder and patted her and he says, Jesse, this is something you can't understand yet because you are so loved by your daddy and by your older brother that you don't need some boy's attention to feel valuable. <laughs> My eighth grader said that, or ninth grade by then. He was wow, grade. love that. But what, what, what was Ben raised in? We had an environment where we would discuss things. They would talk about kids liking each other. I go, you guys, that is too early. Mm-hmm. And they, our kids would say, oh, I know. And they would ask about dating. And they're like, oh, no, Kendall rules. We do not date until 16. And that's still debatable if you're mm-hmm. not, at, you know, walking in maturity spiritually. So this all starts young, little. Like my daughter wore a shirt that had a big uh, picture in it. You're not allowed to print them anymore because Bozo the Clown did die. And so you can't put a cross across his face anymore. <laughs> but we used to have T-shirts that we sold called No Bozo. And my little one would sleep in that shirt all the time. Sometimes she'd say, Mom, I hate this T-shirt. I said, well, okay, I hate Bozos more. So you're sleeping in it. So then we made a different version. And I sent them to all my grandbabies. And what is funny is a little girl came to babysit a 17 year old um, in Denver to babysit the kids. And they, she said to him, you know, I know you're Mimi. She gave me a shirt that said no bozo when I was a little girl. Well, my grandchildren screamed and they all go run into the room and got their t-shirts out and go, we've got them now. And this girl's 17. And then here's my kid, my grandkids with their no bozo t-shirts. <laughs> Love oh, that. Remembers it. <laughs> That many years later, she's 17, that was five. Wow, that's great. I mean, as we're talking about, you know, your your children saying, no, thank you. I mean, this kind of brings up the, the question of how young should we prepare our children about purity? Okay, so here's, this is my little tip, because remember, because I came from such a bad background, I was very nervous. I was nervous that I would say something prematurely. I knew to fight to keep my children pure, you know, monitor what they watch, monitor who they were with, monitor their teachers, monitor the Sunday school. Now, I was truly a helicopter parent, because I didn't want the purity to be robbed, because it only takes one. Right, of course. So... Because I felt inadequate, may I confess that to you, I asked a lot of older people, Mm -hmm. what book did you read 
that helped you to get your verbiage right, your wording. Mm. Because sometimes children ask questions and parents, they ask a kindergarten question, but they give a PhD answer way too early. <laughs> no, 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 you don't speak like that. Well, there's a, it's an old book, but I, I looked it up to make sure before this podcast, it's still available. It would be what I would use if I had babies right now, because I already did use it. <laughs> but it's yeah. a book called The Wonderful Way Babies Are Made. And Ooh. that's why, now let me tell you something about it. It is, it's broken into two, two portions. The top has big printing, like for a little kid, like three to eight. Someday you read it to your child, but mm-hmm. before then you need to read it because it gives you beautiful little phrases to state concerning, you know, intercourse. I mean, all that. Mm-hmm. It, it actually gives you the phrases and how babies are made that are very beautiful. They're not crass. They're not in, uh, embarrassing. And you could actually say it while you're cooking dinner when your little one's standing next to you asking you a question. We turn and look like where did that come from? Right. We'll give you the right wording. See, I did not have the proper wording because of my background so that when I read this book, it was done so beautifully. Now this bottom of the page also has very explicit wording that you would not read to a three to eight year old. Let me say Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. So that the next age group, maybe more 10 to 12 at when our daughter turned 10, I read the bottom part of the story. Okay. Up until then, I just used the beautiful phrases. Um, when she's real little, we just read the top story about the love. When you say when you say real little, how old is three? That? Three. Okay. About and three. is this is this by Larry Christensen? La- yeah, Larry Christensen, and okay. it's out there. I saw. I just saw it on Amazon yesterday. I, I googled Perfect. it. And um, and another thing, I not to push this, but for three to eight year olds, three to eight, um, I co-wrote a book with my sister-in-law because she is an amazing, uh, gifted, creative, artistic type of person combined with my teaching material. So we made a book for little girls, mm-hmm. little ones. You have to be three to eight. Um, and it even has like a little princess quiz where she has to, you read it to her. She answers the questions, which shows her heart. And then each chapter is based on one of those questions to develop, believe this or not, lady in waiting in a little girl's heart. I mean, oh, it's done very true. careful. I mean, we don't say, you know, um, we, we have give you a, uh, a you know, a, like a little activity, you know, you make your own little prayer journals, you make your um, no bozo t-shirts, you make your, um, you, we call them Prince Harming. That's how you describe it. Cause she's a princess and we want to stay away from Prince Harming, you know, and you go through all the stories. Harming, Prince Harming. I love that. <laughs> I know. Well, you had to do it in their, their voice. They can handle right. it. Right. Too much. Nowadays, you know, you get to a nine, 10, 11 year old, they've already heard crazy things. When I say no bozo, yeah. they all even have signs for it now. They at a conference, all my little junior hires one time were showing me signs how to do codes to each other's girls. I'm like, who made that up? And they go, Well, you were teaching, we were listening. We thought, I know how we'll do it. And they they taught me. It was great. Right. But their hearts were very open. So we wrote a book. It's called Lady in Waiting for Little Girls, Jackie Kendall and Dee Dee Kendall. That's my sister-in-law. So she okay. brings the activity. Every chapter has a challenge to mom, a paragraph that challenges you. Because we wrote the whole book for a little girl. And all of a sudden I said, you know, Dee Dee, if mama's heart is not where it belongs, 
she can read this and the little girl's looking at her like, well, what about you, mom? So we put a paragraph at the beginning of every chapter to challenge mama to be the, the queen, you know, the woman. And, I, and, and all the qualities are lady in waiting in a child's voice. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, we're, we're, we were talking about how we prepare our children about purity, but how would you teach them to pursue and celebrate purity? Well, where's purity? It's actually in the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's like you. It's like your commitment. For example, our daughter. Um, there were a lot of kids at school that really liked her boys, and she always knew. You know, you say no, thank you, or she said, you know, I'm not allowed to date at this time. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But that was not embarrassing for her, and she was shy because in her heart. She had already come to know Jesus and she was already doing quiet time with Jesus and she prayed, you know, each day in her room with a little journal, she'd write her prayers. So her heart to call her out to purity, well, you're calling her to be who she is. Yeah. Purity is a reflection of the relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, When you have someone who is not pure, you you know, because you know in the Old Testament, whenever you read any story, they were not allowed to participate, and it says, until the men had purified themselves. So being pure is a call to warfare spiritually. It's a call to any leadership. I mean, so this starts little. Like like um, my granddaughter told me why she couldn't have a certain outfit we were looking at. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, why, sweetheart? She says, I think it's it's possible that my tummy might show. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, oh. Oh, excuse me, sweetheart. You're right. I mean, she's telling me, the grandma, you know, and it dawned on me, modesty. Right. You know, modesty means that your outfit draws attention to your face, right. not your body. But so many women are so worried about their bodies, their diets, their looks, that they almost train their little ones to think that their body is who they are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so purity is actually in the soul and it manifests itself in the body. Mm-hmm. So you work, you work on your little one growing spiritually, an environment where they are, because let me tell you, questions will come up and, and I get just concerned when parents want to tell their child too much. Like one parent asked me, she's going on a special trip with her daughter. She says, do you think I should tell her this, this and that? And I go, are you crazy? No, that's mm-hmm. too soon. You know, you actually, you can harm a child by giving them heavy baggage. Mm-hmm, Don't do mm-hmm. that. That's why I think the for, you know, if you practically, what's really nice is I never was ever asked a question by, I had a boy and a girl that, was like a premature thing. Right. Because see, the environment of purity didn't even foster it. But I have to tell you something. When my daughter's in second grade, when she, you know, I go to pick them up from school and she called shotgun. Of course, she's in the front seat and we're driving along. And she said, um, something terrible happened at school. My, and this is a key period with your kids. You want to have good, open communication. Because my child told me this. She said, a little girl told me something at school, mom. And it made me, listen to the phrase, this is how you know it's, not appropriate. Little children feel the word icky. She said when she said it, it made me feel icky inside. I said, oh, oh, uh, Emma. I mean, oh, Jessica, what did she, what did she say? And I'm thanking the Lord that my son in the backseat was reading something. So he didn't hear it because I almost crashed the car. She told me something very inappropriate. The little girl had seen something very bad on TV. Right. Very bad. Trust me. And actually was so traumatized that she told my daughter. So here I'm driving, having protect my child, private school, Pray, pay the price to protect my, and this little girl is telling her this. I call the principal immediately. They call the parent. The parent's crying. 
Um, somebody had traded out a video and put a bad video in a Cinderella video. Oh, wow. To harm a child. Oh, is that terrible? Gosh, that is horrible. like 1989 that happened. Wow. But what's wonderful about it is my because my daughter got to tell me, I said, you know what? Someone put an icky tape in a Cinderella box. And when she opened it, she didn't even know what was in it. And she said, I know it made me icky. So we prayed for her and mm -hmm. we prayed over my daughter. And she never, ever, ever mentioned it again. Why? Mm -hmm. To the pure, all things are pure. So she didn't even have anywhere to go with it. So she had mm -hmm. to tell her. So you want a relationship, you've got to work on communication. You always, whenever you're with your child, you know, when they're articulate enough, you know, if they've been somewhere, you always say, what was the best part of your day? What was the worst? Because that's when I hear all the stories. Then I can speak truth to it. What are we doing? We're moving towards purity again. Right. Towards commitment to Jesus. Yeah, I love Actually. that. I love that. I mean, obviously, we're the biggest models to our children and to love God with all our hearts and all our mind. Um, and like you said, you know, purity is also really due to our relationship with Christ. And the more they see it, the more they develop that purity that they want with Christ. And so the purity between the way you and your husband love each other. Right. Like the kind, gentle affection, the laughter, you know, those things... I think my son is the one that said one time, he was like, oh, mom, and oh, this is how he said to me, oh, mom, it makes me so happy when you and dad are doing something special just to you guys. Yeah. And that made him happy. That's Rather great. than why are you leaving us out? Yeah. He said, no, that's awesome. Like we go on some special trip and we have a really good babysitter and he'd be like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Now, my daughter was, never liked us to leave. And that's mm -hmm. part of her personality. It's okay. And we say, we're not only gone this long. And, you know, we had fabulous. In fact, my, she became my future sister-in-law. She would stay with them and they'd have so much fun. They wouldn't even know we were gone. But my son was always like, I'm happy for you and dad. So loving my husband well is probably one of the best things. Being true, being faithful. You're modeling all of that. Like my son actually broke up with a girl after get, we asked him to get some counsel with somebody that's not us because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we an outside voice in the town where he was living at that time. And the counselor asked him one question. What do you want in a marriage? Mm -hmm. Question. And he said, I want a marriage like my parents. And all the counselor had to say is, then will you have that type of marriage if you marry this girl? And then began to weep. And he knew he wouldn't. Mm. She, didn't love, she loved Jesus. She's a brand new Christian, but not pursuing it with the kind of passion that we do. And right. he knew, and he broke up with her. So we didn't tell him to. He knew to do that because right. he knew. But what, what did he see? Model. Right. Model. Mm, I love that. Holding hands, going on dates, you know. So very, all that, that all is a demonstration of purity. That's great. Well, thank you, Jackie. Uh, we're almost at the end of the show, but is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Oh, 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 okay. Remember, you can't export, but you haven't imported. And one of the most important things that you can demonstrate for your children that will last way beyond even if you exit early, I'm telling you, the most important thing for them to learn, that a growing faith is the only way to have that handcuffed, intimacy with Jesus, sticking to him to the, till you see him, is from spending time daily 
in God's word, your quiet time. And actually, I always advise people to get on a reading plan, you know, the one-year Bible, but everybody doing it. And ironically, my children all do it. And we know that that not only lends to consistent time with God, but it grows your faith so that the promises of God are yours. Promises sustain you so that you'll be pure. Oh, and I just want to say one more book about boys. I feel like we've been very girl partial because yeah. a lot of things are not written. I actually wrote a book called A Man Worth Waiting For. Way heavy. Not ready for <laughs> little boys yet. Not yet. But there's a great book called Raising Boys by Dave Thomas. I give that to all my friends who have little boys. Okay. Raising Boys by Dave Thomas. And um, I actually wrote a book called Raising a Lady in Waiting, which is more for your junior high, senior high. And I actually walk mom through the courageous conversations of certain things that boys say, what that means. And if the mom is too nervous to say it, I'll say, oh, this woman who wrote this told me to read this to you and just read it to them if you're nervous. So it's awesome. called Raising, Raising a lady, lady in Waiting. Great. So that's moms later. Thank you so much, Jackie. It was so great to have you on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. God bless you. God God bless bless you. you. All your endeavor and your little one. Thank you. God bless you, sweet sister. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you will find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you're going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.